Welcome to the Grant and Tyler podcast. Grant Tyler. I'm Tyler. And I'm Grant. That's our voices, so you can know who is who. <laughs> exactly. Um, today, we are going to talk about identity. Are we going to do what is right in our own eyes, or what culture says, or are we going to do what is right in the eyes of the Lord? That is our theme. That's what we're talking about today. It's an important question. Um, Tyler and I were just talking recently about how so many times, I, I think, in culture today, Christianity can get watered down at moments to where people almost feel like they're lied to when they come to discover, oh, Christianity is not about be me being happy. <laughs> yeah, it's not about all about me. Yeah, and a lot of times when we say like, me being happy it's not about me fulfilling whatever pleasure i want to do it's not about i get to rely on god for everything but i don't do anything for god yeah <laughs> or you know i don't live through god actually you mean he's not a genie <laughs> <laughs> which sounds goofy and we're kind of making it goofy but that's how that's how people think sometimes yeah and I don't know that they would come outright and say it, but then when they begin to deconstruct certain things about their faith, it, it becomes apparent like, oh, like you weren't in this to deny yourself and yeah. serve the Lord. You were in this to deny the Lord and serve yourself. Which is a huge shift. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what led us to talking about this. And we really think kind of the root of this um, is what we place our identity in and how we are going to be rooted in what God wants for our lives or are we going to be God in our own lives, like quote-unquote God in our own lives. So to kind of talk about this, um, Grant is going to start in Genesis. Yeah. Um, so our student ministry team, um, where I, where I work at Sherwood Oaks, we started a whole year's worth of planning um, and we were thinking through what is the first thing that students need to know as we go through like a year of teaching. And one of the first things that kind of came up was if they don't know who they are, then how could they know the rest of this stuff? And I, and I believe we didn't get that idea or epiphany from ourselves you didn't, you're not that smart. Not that smart, uh, but God is. And so uh, I believe that's also the way he starts um, the Bible is, to me, Genesis is more about who we are and our relationship to God um, than it is about even how we got here. And there's definitely content and, and stuff placed in there where God tells us how we got here. Yeah. And I, and I think you can look into that. But to me, the main, if, if I was to say one theme of Genesis it's who are we and how do we relate to God? Which you see, I mean, throughout the many different people that are involved in Genesis. Yeah. And so when I look at Genesis and the fall happens, Adam and Eve sin, and the sin brings upon this separation. And God looks to... I mean, he could do so many things. He could tell us, like, this is it. Like, I gave you guys one rule. <laughs> um, but w one of the things I like to, to, to say is, like, 
we think sometimes, I don't know, in my own personal journey, I've been like, that's kind of harsh for just, I mean, I know there was only one rule, but like, but the thing was like Adam and Eve weren't just breaking a rule. They were saying, eh, I don't know if I trust God's goodness mm-hmm. that he can provide for me. And I think I actually might be able to do a better job. One of the things the serpent tempts them with is uh, God doesn't want want you to know that you can be like him. Right. Which is the temptation that we all kind of have. Yeah. Is, are you going to be your own God? Yeah. You know, are you going to do what you see fit? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the, the central theme of kind of what we're talking about is, is are we going to submit to God's authority or are we going to follow in the footsteps of our ancestors, Adam and Eve, and say, well, maybe I could do a better job of this. Yeah. And I think that that happens both intentionally, but I think sometimes even in our lives, it happens more unintentionally. Mm -hmm. And it's because of the habits and the media and the different things that we bombard our brain with. And it becomes micro habits where it's like not fully on purpose, but then over time, slowly you become disconnected from, from God and from the, the source of your, of your being. Yeah. And so God in this move that I totally wouldn't have made, (laughs) but that's why he's God and he's better. And I should submit is that he looks to redeem us and and love us despite our rebellion and our lack of trust towards him. And so um, he starts with a family and you, you look at the story of Abraham and who he starts with. Like he could have started with this mighty warrior or king or I, I don't even know, a superhero. Yeah. But he chooses to start with Abram and his family. And I think that's a beautiful picture of how God starts his redemption plan. And that's he kind of doesn't change his mind. If If we look at going forward, you're going to follow this family of Abraham. And then when you get into the New Testament, Jesus dies and becomes that sacrifice. But the whole point of the sacrifice is so that we can be adopted into God's family, that we become co-heirs with Christ, as Paul says. And so um, his plan starts with redeeming us through a family. This family is supposed to bless all of the nations of the earth um, and be a priesthood of all nations. And I don't think that that mission changes. It then goes on to the church and what now all of us, not just Jews, but Gentiles as well, can be a part of that family yeah. and bring blessings and and the word and the hope to all people. Yeah, I mean, if you think about identity too, you, you started with Abram, who God changed his name to yeah. Abraham, and then um, uses family, and now I am one of them. And so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. So right true. arm, left arm. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. Arm. Yes. Yeah. So he, uh, God started with that family. And, you know, for a while, they did well, right? Yeah. They, they, they did well. They, you know, Abraham followed God faithfully um, most of the time. Um, I think sometimes when we think of Abraham, we forget some of his 
major mistakes that he made and how he was a broken man. Um, wasn't always the best family man, even though he's Father Abraham. Yeah. Um, and so, despite this brokenness, though, he still pursues the Lord, and God honors him and his humility. Um, and so he's able to use Abraham and bless this nation, even though Abraham and his whole family um, are broken at times. But they're broken people pursuing the Lord. Yeah. And the big thing about Abraham, did he raise someone up behind him? Yeah. Um, if we look at Genesis 18, um, verse 19, it says, God is talking about Abraham, and he says, for I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. And I think that speaks to why God chose Abraham was that he knew Abraham was going to lead his family and that he was going to train his children um, in the truth. And I think you can see that in the story of Isaac that Isaac also makes a lot of the same mistakes that his father did, yeah. but for the most part, he also still pursues the Lord, um, broken people pursuing the Lord once again. That is the dream. <laughs> um, but what happens as you go is somewhere along the way, they lose sight of following God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we see that broken people are redeemed by God but when broken people continue to just put other things in front of God what do you see happen and i think that's why you see so many times in the old testament like this idol worship and things going on and isaiah talks about it in chapter 40 of of talking about you know yeah. working like these people are making idols and things from their own hands and this, once again, isn't something new. This is the original sin of choosing ourselves and our own creativity, our own work, our own things, and saying we can do better. I want to worship this instead. And all idols, I think, are a form of worshiping ourselves rather than God. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like we said in the introductory episode, a lot of people and judges, they just didn't raise up leaders. You know, yeah. they. Um, as soon as the man of God was dead, they they followed idols. And so, I mean, we even see in Judges 17, uh, it says um, they, do, they did what was right in their own eyes. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, I think that's really kind of boils down to what we're going to talk about a little bit. And doing what is right in your own eyes. And then you move forward and I'm, I'm going to do a quick, Company to a few verses here in the Old Testament, and then we'll kind of zero in on that Isaiah 40 that you had. Second um, Chronicles uh, 25 to uh, the king Amaziah um, <laughs> was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem uh, 29 years. Um, his mother's name was Jerahodin. She was from Jerusalem, and this is the important part. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. It's interesting. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think when you know, like when the religious leaders asked Jesus, like, 
what is the most important commandment. Jesus tells them, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is um, kind of in reference to that is a lot of times in our lives we can say uh, Christ is our priority, but and we can be following uh, kind of, but there's things happen in life and other things go on and we we want to pursue those things and, and that happens and then eventually we're not serving the Lord with our whole hearts. Do you think that um, has anything to do with um, what, you know, in the New Testament, Jesus is talking about being lukewarm? Yeah. Because like you're halfway in it and you're kind of doing it, but not really living the life. But you're like, I go to church on Sunday, yo, what are you talking about? Yeah, um, that that can be an issue, and just like fully submitting and going full send, yeah, is a discipline. Yeah, and we'll kind of talk more about that. Uh, Proverbs twenty eight eleven: mm-hmm. uh, The rich are wise in their own eyes. Who one who is poor and discerning sees how they de- how deluded they are. That's kind of eye opening, isn't it? Yeah, but I think you think about. I mean. There's there's rich money wise, and then there's just rich like mindset. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's kind of the point. Yeah, the whole basis <laughs> of, of how we live. Like, um, you know, people always talk about how like money in and of itself is not evil, but I think Jesus points so many times throughout, you know, the New Testament, warning of the pursuit of riches and, and different things like that. And so it's not to say that things of this world and, and pleasures are all inherently sinful, but there is this warning of storing up for ourselves treasures here on earth when our true treasures are in heaven. Are in heaven. Yeah. The next passage we kind of talk through, uh, Isaiah 40, 18 through 22. That's the one you kind of brought up already. Yeah. Um, with whom then will you compare God? To what image will you like him, liken him? As for an idol, a metal worker casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains for it. A person too poor persists such an offering, selects wood uh, that would not rot. Uh, so I guess as you kind of go through this passage, the whole point is any idol is a man-made idol, a man-made thing. And so you're going to worship something, you're going to worship um, something that was made by human hands and not created by God. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about God, how, you know, going back to Genesis, how God created the world and anything else, anything that we create is using the things that he created to create something. Yeah. So it's almost like mocking God. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, kind of crazy. Yeah, I think looking at those problems and those issues, um, we've talked a little bit about how the Israelites were not raising up someone behind them, and they were following to worshiping themselves. Um, And we see that in our own culture today, this emphasis all the time. Yeah, that we hear about, you know, do what makes you happy, do you. Yeah. Um, You know, like, life is too short to not do what you want to do 
and things like that. And um, those are messages that sound good, um, but are often, and by often I mean always, not fulfilling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's all. I think it's all in how you interpret that, because I think there. I mean, there is the why that's so tempting is because there is a kernel of truth in there. You want to live life to the fullest, and you don't want yeah. to waste the time that you have here. For sure, but I think what you're getting at is the way the the things that we put in the front of that, you know, experiencing life, whether that's in um, sexual ways or um, doing you know doing things that we shouldn't do. Uh, ho however, that is whatever that is is. Um, can, can be God honoring if we put it on its head and it's like, okay, if I want to maximize what I want to do mm -hmm. and I submit my life to God, does that make sense? Yeah. I think that there's, you know, every, I think CS Lewis puts it in screw tape letters and yeah. in different places of like, there is no such thing as like evil can't create anything new. Like all evil takes from something that God made that is good yeah. and it perverts it and it distorts it and uses it in a way that's not good yeah. and perverts God's um, intentional meaning. That's and... perverted. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I think you can see that with like with sex and certain concepts like it was a gift from God that he gave to us and when used correctly in the way that he instructed us it's a beautiful thing but it can also be something that then is is perverted through evil and and used horribly to destroy people's lives and, and different things like that and yeah I, I think most sin works similarly where it takes something that is true and and distorts it into something that is harmful. The devil has a a way of taking a kernel of truth and attaching it with big lies, yeah um. So how do we as a church and as a community prevent that from happening? That's a good question. I mean, that kind of all, all of that stuff, yeah, the good and the bad from the Old Testament really leads us to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jesus, there's many prophecies about him, who he was, finally came, lived his life, had a lot of teachings, lived a perfect life. People didn't like that. <laughs> Jews were like, the Pharisees, you know, yeah. were like, no, you're not it. We would know if you were it. God would probably tell us. <laughs> and um, he ended up getting killed, which mm -hmm. was kind of ironic because that's God's plan. <laughs> yeah. Um, and on the third day was resurrected. Mm -hmm. And uh, so because of the life that Jesus lived and because of who he was uh, and who he is, he fulfilled all these Old Testament prophecies. He became our sacrifice to mm -hmm. become right with God. And so we didn't really talk a whole lot about sacrifices, did we? So in the Old Testament, to become right with God, to become clean, you had to bring your best sacrifice, your best animal to God and at the temple, right? Mm -hmm. And that's just like a two-second version of what that means. There's a whole lot of depth to that. Yeah. Um, but the point is, um, 
Jesus fulfills, you know, that void for us mm-hmm. to make us right with God. And so what that means for us is that we accept that, mm-hmm. um, look to Jesus, and that doesn't mean that we're automatically perfect. Yeah. That means that we can look to God. And the thing I think about every once in a while is how naturally, naturally, Grant is better at at certain things than I am. And uh, and naturally, I am better at certain things than Grant is. Or just, I think about that all the time, man. Just you <laughs> and me. No. Uh, I think about... Just the two. <laughs> That's a different song. Um, <laughs> but I just think about that in general, how naturally people are wired, maybe more patient than I am, or more kind, or more funny, more whatever. You know, whatever. Yeah. And we all have these different scales or different levels that we kind of are at. And so pr- pr- stick with, stay with me. I'm, and this makes sense in the co- context of the conversation. Um, basically when we start to follow Jesus, we're not going to be all at the same level. Yeah. We're not going to just rise to the, the top but because, Oh, we follow Jesus. Everything's great. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to start where we were and maybe I'm, I start ahead at being funny. That's okay. okay. You're a funny uh, guy. <laughs> uh, maybe I start ahead at something mm-hmm. and you start ahead on something else, but we're going to grow in, in our faith and our, and our walks over time. And, um, the, 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 trick, I guess the thing is, is to be consistent. So we are continually growing. And we we take where our natural level is of maybe, let's just use the fruit of the Spirit, for example. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Am I missing one? I think I'm missing one. Yeah, whatever. Um, and naturally, I'm good at some of those things. But as time goes on and I submit my life to God, they're going to all grow. If I'm naturally more patient, that's just going to grow. But that's also going to grow my joy. It's yeah. going to grow my peace. It's going to grow, you know, um, all of those things together. And so my point is, as we follow Christ and submit our lives to him, we we grow in these things that bring a joy, that, that maximize our lives. Yeah. They, they maximize our life experience because it's what God wants for us. Yeah. And I think going back to that original sin that we talked about is the way to go against it. Like you're saying is not to serve ourselves, not to submit to ourselves, but to submit that God is over you Yeah, and humble yourself before him to say like, God, I don't have this. I might have gifts and talents and blessings that you've given me, but without you, like those things are useless. Yeah. Without being in your hands, and so one of the things that I see practically is what do some of the amazing leaders we see throughout the Old Testament? What were some of the the key aspects between? You see Abraham, the father, Father Abraham as he's known, mm. um, Moses, yeah, and uh, Elijah the prophet. What do you see out of those three guys that kind of um, sparks like what being a leader looks like? 
bold faith in God. And there's just the, that relationship with God. And mm-hmm. I, I think another commonality is they brought people up behind them. Um, they they discipled. I, I guess that wouldn't be the term in the Old Testament, would it? <laughs> that became, that coined in the New Testament. But that's what we got. So. That's what we got. Um, so, but yeah, they brought something, they brought somebody up behind them and yeah. they mentored them and they they taught them what it was like to submit to God and have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And they, they they went through the highs and the lows of of following God. Yeah. I mean, you think about Elijah. Mm-hmm. It's like I I love that story. I just uh he is taunting the prophets of Baal. <laughs> He's taunting the prophets of Baal with his bold faith in God. Yeah. And um, he's like, pour more water on the sacrifice, pour more water on. Mm-hmm. And, um, is your God sleeping? You know, <laughs> he's, he's taunting them yeah. and, and calls fire down from heaven because of his relationship and trust and all, mm-hmm. you know, that all kind of came from behind before that. And, and then the low, it's like, what's, what's that chick's name with the. Jezebel? De- Jezebel. I couldn't remember Jezebel. Um, <laughs> it's not a common name you hear these days. Not maybe babies. it should be. No. Maybe. <laughs> and now you're right. Um, Jezebel. He he heard Jezebel was after him. Mm-hmm. Took off like a scared puppy, and ended up in a cave. And God, you know, sent an angel to feed him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like maybe maybe you need a little nap. <laughs> Um, but then go ahead yeah I think it's yeah it's so important that these guys were one of the things I think that God uses so much in them is their their passion and like a word you don't often hear is zeal yeah the the zeal for the Lord and so it's just this extreme passion and devotion to wanting to do the Lord's will and you see all of these men at times get anger almost righteous anger at times for the injustice and things going around but they wanted to follow the lord um and i think one of the key things we learned from all of them is like you said they raised up someone behind them and so you know for for abraham that was his son isaac for moses that was joshua and for elijah that was elisha yeah um, similar names but not the same person what you see is then, you know, after Moses raises up Joshua, you go into a period like you were talking about with Judges, mm-hmm. where Joshua, at least that we know of, doesn't necessarily raise up someone behind him. And he was a great leader, but he didn't seem, at least we have no no good record of, of someone that he raised up to, to follow in his footsteps. And we see Israel go up and down um, throughout um, that time where leaders would rise up and they would follow the Lord and do well, but they wouldn't raise up anybody behind them. And as soon as they died or, or left leadership, immediately the people would go back to doing and serving themselves. And so the mission for the church and the mission that Jesus lays out for us is he raised up 12 disciples. And even more than that, he had his three guys that he really poured into. And, you know, Paul with, with Timothy or Silas and other people like yeah. Paul raised up. And so the question I think for all believers um, 
who are wanting to be serious about their faith is who who are you raising up? Who are you raising up and who is raising up you? Yeah. We talked about the 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 fruit of the spirit and stuff and how when we submit to God and and that we grow in those areas, but a lot of that growth can happen from seeing people who God has already grown fruit in them. Um it's a, it's a, it's always better when we can come alongside someone who's a little further than us and say, how are you doing this? And so we, we grow in our leadership. And then as we learn, we also can come alongside someone else who's farther down the road from us and do the same for them. And so it's, it's a circular process. Absolutely. And I think the thing that I want to add to that is that they, they remind you where your identity comes from. Mm-hmm. Like those, those people, they remind you that you are gods yeah and you need to choose what is right in god's eyes and be submitting your life daily to what that looks like and so as you are looking for someone to lead you as you are leading others how are you reminding each other about your identity in christ yeah, and being able to, to to then hear and take that criticism as well. Like Moses, as he's led the, the Israelites out of Egypt and he's done all this, and, you know, like God is literally speaking to him as the leader. Even through that, he had such humility to that when his father-in-law came to him and said, hey, Moses, the way we're doing the justice system here at the Israelites is not good. Let me show you how to do it. Moses didn't say Stay in your lane, pal. I married your daughter, but <laughs> I'm the leader here. He didn't do that. And I, I think it would have been easy for him to be defensive and be like, no, this is the system I set up. Um, but not only did he not do that, he listened and he changed things. And it's the changes that he made are similar to what the justice system we still have today. It was that good. Yeah. And I, I think that's representative of a true leader is able to then, you know, when they're someone who's farther along comes and says, hey, like, you need to improve in this area, or you could be doing this better, is to not jump to be defensive, but to, to listen, hear that. Yeah. To listen. Yeah. It's, and that's a discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, as we kind of move forward, I want to talk about, um, I mean, we're going to talk about the ascension. So Jesus, after Jesus rose, from the dead, he um, promised the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to really talk a lot about the Holy Spirit in our next episode because I think that is crucial in our understanding of our own identity and how, how we partner with God, how we you know, pray, mm-hmm. how we have community, all those things. But, but I, think it, I think what I want to share most in this whole talk about getting away from doing what is right in our own eyes mm-hmm. versus following Christ and doing what is right in the eyes of the Lord is Romans 12, 1 through 3. And I also have verse 7 and 12 on there because why not? <laughs> um, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, 
holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. It's beautiful. Yeah, Paul is a writer. Yes, he is. <laughs> I, I There's a lot that stands out to me here that I kind of want to unpack with you. Yeah. Um, first, I urge you, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> offer, <laughs> offer your body as a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Does sound familiar? Yeah, uh, to the sacrifices that we talked about earlier. But I think the, the key is, is the next part, and that it's holy and pleasing to God. And so um, we'll, we'll talk more about this when we go into the Holy Spirit. But a lot of what we, you know, through the Old Testament, God dwelt with um, the Israelites. And, and the, the term dwell literally means to set up a tabernacle. Yeah among and and so like god lives with it with moses he was in this tabernacle with them and of course god can't be contained in a single uh tabernacle tent or later on when there's the temple built um, but he fills his presence with with those and he's with the israelites um, but when it gets to the new testament he says like we're doing away with buildings and and tents and things the temple that I want to dwell in is you, is your body. And so that is the Holy Spirit within us. It's it's God's spirit with us, within our bodies. And how cool is that? Yeah. But also it's a responsibility. If, if God is living in it, you have to be conscious. What are you doing with your bodies? Yeah. How are you treating God's temple, this gift that he's given to you? Because it's not your body. Right. It comes back down to submission and discipline yeah. to follow follow God's will which leads leads right into do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so to me that's saying don't do what is right in your own eyes yeah. trust what God is doing and continually renew your mind and look at the world in such a way of putting the lens of God on your life. Which sounds good. It sounds good. It's but difficult. how do we renew our minds? How do you renew your mind? Yeah. I do. that is a process. Yeah. It, like, that's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. You're going it, to, it's a process of daily submission. And... I've actually been writing an article, what does daily submission look like? Mm-hmm. And in short, it's basically this episode. It's, you know, <laughs> choosing God's way over your way. Yeah. But then what does that look like practically daily? Well, that looks like you choosing 
to know what God's way is. Mm-hmm. So knowing the scripture that, that, uh, show that leads to you, um, knowing God. So that leads to prayer. Yeah. So obviously scripture reading and mm-hmm. prayer, but like, that's not just like check your list. That's yeah. building a relationship. Yeah. And then the Th- Thessalonians passage that continually comes back to me is that, uh, pray continually. Yeah. Um, and it is continually like always be praying through what you're going through. Yeah. Whether it's a good season or bad, you're praying through, you're renewing, you're submitting your life every moment and and giving it to God. And I think it's important that if we don't create rhythms where we experience silence, I think that's something our culture yeah. struggles with so much, you know, like, I don't like being silent. I like listening to music or turning something on or, or having, you know, we have our TVs, video games, media, sports, all of this stuff going on in our lives on top of wherever you're at work or school. And so you have all these things going on. Do you take time to, we, we talk about like unplugging a lot, but do you unplug from, from everything, not just electronics, but do you take time to just be in silence with God? and allow him to speak to you. I think that's one. And then are you taking a Sabbath day? It's yeah. an important commandment. It's if you look down the list of the 10 commandments, it's the longest commandment that God gives longest explanation. And Tyler and I talked about this a lot. So many Christians will say, well, like I take a little time to rest on this day and then that day. Um, but that's not the commandment of the Sabbath. It's It's 24 hours. Um, seven or every seven days and so seven days a week no. <laughs> i like that sabbath i want to do that sabbath all the time yeah but 24 <laughs> hours every seven days and um and i think when you cultivate those rhythms of of sabbath on top of um silence and other things in your life that allows god to speak and it allows god to say like hey you're not doing this right yeah or you need to renew your mind on this topic or, or things or you got this on your heart that you need to to work through yeah and it's it's crazy you know um early in my ministry i read a book on sabbath and i didn't take it seriously at all mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just get so worn down and tired and exhausted and you're like, uh, maybe I should do this Sabbath thing. <laughs> and it becomes out of necessity. Yeah. But that's not the way it really should happen. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you build it into your life, what will happen is even though you think I need to push, I need to do more, I need to get this done. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from, it can come from a good place. It can also come from a very broken place Yeah, where, you know, you feel not good enough and you mm-hmm. just want to keep pushing uh, other places. A good place could be like, I just want to do God's word all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever. Regardless, this is what God asks us to do. And what will happen over time is you will get more done yeah. because of that time away mm-hmm. and that, that refresh than you ever would have. Because you you reach a certain point and you just can't produce anymore. Yeah. And you, you think you can, but you're really – you're Producing on 2% rather than 99%, you know? Yeah. It's like your phone battery. And oftentimes, like what we talked about earlier, if God's not blessing what you're doing, 
then it doesn't matter what you're doing or how hard you're working. Uh, my dad used to always tell the story about how my grandpa and him, um, they finally just gotten a swing set when he was little. Um, and my grandpa does not like reading instructions. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was like, ah, I can figure this out. And so he started to build the swing set and they got like 90% of the way through and then couldn't figure something out and then realized that they had forgot looking at the instructions finally. They forgot an early piece that was crucial to how it was set up. And so they had to take the entire thing down, all the work that they had done, and redo it according to the instructions. And, and I think if we're not taking that time to renew our minds, yeah, then it's very similar. We can do all of this work and we can do all of these things, but if we're not doing it in the way that God wants us to, in the way that he instructs us, then our work is for nothing. Yeah, I, 100%. Uh, my family calls them dumbstructions, <laughs> so I don't know where that leaves me, but, um, well, that kind of leads us into our next point here, actually, mm -hmm. um, that says, after renewing your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so, if you're setting yourself up for knowing... Um, Knowing what God's direction is, you know, knowing, I guess, knowing what God's word is, taking time daily to pray, praying through each day, yeah. and once a week, taking that time to reset yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, now you're aligned with God pretty well, yeah. and you, you will way more easily be able to say, okay, I am in line with what God wants me to do with my life. And a lot of these areas in our culture that are gray... And are hard to kind of know mm -hmm. where is it coming from? Is this from God? Is it not from God? I I 100% believe the more in rhythm with God we are, the more daily we are spending time with Him and actually building that relationship, and we will be able to see what is from God mm -hmm. and what isn't. Yeah. Not that there won't be difficult decisions mm -hmm. on, on what to view, what to put in your head, what to how to how to respond to somebody. Mm -hmm. But I argue that it will be a lot easier if you are putting yourself in position to um, know God yeah. and His Word and His mm -hmm. how, uh, like I said earlier, the the fruit of the Spirit and different things of your character of God will grow in you. Yeah. Because as you fill up, mm -hmm. so not that it'd be like oh easy done. Yeah. But it will be more natural to know what God is asking of you in each moment mm -hmm. as you know God more. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. And so as we all continue to grow, I think the main things to remember to, to focus on what God says, focus on his instructions, reading scripture, praying, um, taking a Sabbath day, refocusing yourself, these things aren't new ideas by any means, um, but they're easy to talk about, hard to put in practice at times. Yeah. But so if you do those things individually, um, that's going to set you up well. But the part that we've been talking through this whole podcast, too, is it's not just about you. <laughs> if you figure out how to do these things well and how to follow God well, then you need to be raising up somebody else. Yep. And so who, who are you raising up? Who is pouring into you? Um, and then are you 
cultivating these rhythms of uh, devotion to God, disciplines. Brilliant. Um, the last thing I kind of want to talk through is um, God uses our brokenness. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that throughout, but I really want to kind of place this out there. Um, you told me once, by told me, you said, hey, let's talk about this. And that is, sin is attractive because it's us relying on our own works and our own desires. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, so many times a lot of our, our brokenness stems from places uh, of insecurity within us. And, you know, we want to, we want to fill those things. We want, we want people to like us. We want um, to be more popular. We want, you know, these things that, you know, they seem like they're kid stuff. They seem like, oh, that was high school or middle school or even elementary school. But those things are still prevalent in adults and battles that we still have to fight every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think even the end of this passage, um, it kind of helps guard us against those things because it says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Yeah. And so letting all the, you know, letting sin come to the forefront and Mm -hmm. we can become arrogant and think, Oh, well, I, you know, I don't need to be defensive. I, you know, I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. I'm going to be this guy. Um, it, it can help if we if we approach it like you said earlier humbly mm-hmm. and submit our lives to God. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we can be open to what God is doing in our life rather than susceptible to sin. Yeah, pride, pride and insecurity almost always go hand in hand. Um, and so, like if you're if you're a coach, if you're a teacher if you can even relate to just helping somebody with something, it's so much easier to work with a person that says, Hey, I don't know how to do this. And like, I'm really bad at this. Can you help me? Like, can you show me how to do this better versus someone who is sitting there saying, I can figure it out. I know how to do it. Yep. Like I'm better than you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. Yeah. That brings so much back. That brings so much to my mind. Well, one from coaching, but two, I recently, we hired somebody and I just said, I went through the handbook with them and I said, um, I highlighted in our handbook, it looks, it, be honest. Mm-hmm. And I said, as an example, if you mess something up, just own it. Yeah. Because we probably already know it's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think that just highlights, you know, God looks at things similar like it's so much easier for him to work with us when we say god like i'm broken i'm messed up i know that i am weak but like in that weakness you can be made strong um and so that's i i think so much of the character of who god likes to work with and who he chooses is god works with broken people but he works with broken people who know they're broken yes and they know that they're they know god and they yeah. they trust God. Yeah. 
So I guess if I was to sum up this whole episode, mm -hmm. you are gods. You are his being. His children. His children. We are in his family. And he wants you to follow him. Yeah. And be in relationship with him. Be in relationship with him. Just like any father wants to, to be in relationship with his kids. And the best way he can work with you is for you to accept that you need his help. Yeah. Grant, tell me something about your life. Life. Maybe that maybe that's just a little too personal for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I will. Oh, okay. Um, so next episode. <laughs> I just thought we needed some humor. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> hey, listeners. <laughs> oh, he's going to do it. Uh, Next episode, uh, we'll talk about the coming of the Holy Spirit, a little bit about the early church, the community of the early church, um, and how to live that out. Church, church, church. Church, church, church. Um, yeah. Anything to add? Um, I'm excited for it personally. Yeah. I am too. Um, Nikola Jokic got a 98 on uh, 2K ratings. So. That's basically Grant Tyler. <laughs> he needed one more to, to be our overall, but he's close. Well, I'll take it. I mean, 98, 99, that's pretty dang good. We, we will force a trade with the Nuggets to whatever team we're franchising at the moment. Yeah, which might be the Pacers. Probably the Pacers. Probably not, though. Could you imagine Nikola Jokic on the Pacers? That would be hype. With, with Halliburton? Halliburton? Jinx. This is good content. <laughs> All right. Again, next time we are talking about coming to the Holy Spirit, the early church. How do we become like a community from the